Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with host Lou Weiss, who is the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He's also the president of All Metals and Forge Group, a manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless roll rings. So, you know, it's been about manufacturing. He's been in it for 50 years. And joining us today is Vince Sasano, who is a manufacturing industry executive. He's an IT professional and a continuous improvement champion with Strategic Performance Company. Vince, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, we're going to be interested to talk to you about methods and technology for manufacturers, but give us a brief overview of Strategic Performance Company. Okay. Uh, well, we've been in the manufacturing game for over 30 years. Uh, we originally started out uh, doing uh, accounting and ERP systems, and that eventually morphed into uh, productivity on the shop floor. And that's where we focus our efforts now. Productivity is where the profits are at. Absolutely. Well, as we started to do implementations on accounting and ERP systems, we saw that that's really where the rubber hit the road. And so more of our time was gravitated towards the plant floor, us having a very uh, heavy, not only operational background, but an IT background. We saw that process kind of merge so that we were able to use not only our experience, but also our technological uh, proficiency to, uh, to really help things become more useful. And that's where we're at today. One of the things that you and I spoke about during our uh, pre-show discussions and so on was that Tim and I learned early on uh, in, uh, in regards to manufacturing talk radio was that Manufacturers, they, they know what they're doing. They know how to make things. They know how to ship things. They know, they know a lot about what they do, but they don't necessarily know a lot about how to make their company even more productive um, and how to uh, uh, introduce new technologies, especially at the rate that technology is growing uh, today. So, why don't you sort of tell us a little bit about what Strategic uh, uh, is doing in regards to helping to educate and bring manufacturing into a more uh, appropriate place? Well, the primary component that we've found uh, that needs to be established first is visibility. You need to understand what's happening at various aspects on the plant floor, plant floor in the production process. Most often this responsibility has fallen onto the plant manager and above. And their days are typically packed with meeting the schedule and putting out fires and dealing with various aspects of the process that may not be working properly. And so for them to have any time to sit back and take a look at the overall operation is, is very precious. They don't have a lot of time. So they need to be able to go to a place where they can look at information and see very readily, okay, here's where we're really having some issues. We need to throw some resources at that. And then they get back to doing what they were doing, which is you know helping get product out the door. So that's really where we come into place. We help them with that visibility first off. Is uh, much of your 
business and your clientele uh, word of mouth, or are you aggressively going out there finding the, the the manufacturing company who really needs help, but they may not even know it. It's been it's been primarily word of mouth because the edu the uh, the education process is a fairly steep learning curve. The first thing that comes into play uh, is the fear aspect. And the fear really comes from change. And it's not necessarily the fear of the actual change, but what are you changing to? It's kind of like the devil you know. You know, yeah. we've got these problems and, you know, where our efficiencies are, where they're at. Um, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. You know, one of our clients, uh, we went in there and they thought they were doing pretty good. They were a prospect at the time. They thought they were doing pretty good. And I started to talk some theory with the plant manager and we did some, just some chalk talk numbers. And he was gauging his output on pounds. And as long as the pounds out were greater than last month, last week, last year, he felt he was doing good. But he still believed that he needed more detail. So we put the system in and within the first 30 days, he realized that they were terrible. <laughs> because they were going from, 35% efficiency to 45% efficiency. And then they were patting themselves on the back for the increase. Cause yeah, hey, we're, we're doing better. But then when they compared it to what they really ought to be comparing it to, they were just like, wow, do we have room for improvement? And that was the aha moment on the visibility side of things. So. So when you uh, you go in, uh, do you prepare them for this shock treatment that you're going to give them? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> they're not prepared for it. Yeah, they're not prepared for it. You know, it's like taking calculus to a third grader. You know, what you have <laughs> to do is you have to meet them where they're at. So you ask them, what are you currently doing? What is what is your current uh, mechanisms for being able to track certain pieces of information? And then we'll ask them, well, do you have access to this type of information and that type of information? And generally, you know, the answers are no. Okay. Like a good attorney, you never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Right. And so... When you talk to them about where they're at, you say, okay, well, wouldn't it be nice if you had this? One of the areas that um, I find unfortunate and one of the reasons that, you know, we have so much passion for this business is a lot of manufacturers and the people within them have kind of stopped dreaming to some extent of what could be and where we could go and how things could be. I think that that's where AI has probably done uh you know, a lot of good because it's kind of opened people's eyes to the fact that it's there as a tool to help you get better. And it doesn't take a lot of work to push a button. It really doesn't. And so that's where a lot of the excitement is. Now, where the challenge is, is how do you get value out of getting insights from that data and making those items actionable? That's where the change comes into play. That's where the culture comes into play. And, and again, that's where some of the apprehension comes into play is because now, you know, we're, hey, well, we've always done it this way. Now we have to change. So. Vince, I'm just wondering what you do in terms of methods, because typically what the manufacturer experiences is somebody comes in, 
with a new software, new technology, reading expensive. You know, we got to spend a lot of money to try to get to what we want, when mm-hmm. in fact, maybe you really don't have to do that. Isn't that what makes you different? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have found a way to take make technology work for manufacturers instead of making manufacturers work for the technology. And really, it, it's been since the 80s that technology has become more affordable. You know, I mean, you can spend... 10, 15, $20,000 nowadays and get a pretty good performance boost where way back in the day, you were talking six figures plus. And you still are in some cases, depending on the magnitude of the change. So, you know, we like to follow, you know, the typical saying, crawl, walk, run. Most manufacturers will look at where they're at and most, most software companies will try to come in and say, you need to run right off the bat. <laughs> and there and therein is where the stumbles can come into play. So, you know, we like to give people high ROIs. You know, our combination of consulting and technology and software is typically 15 to 20 uh, 15 to 20 times ROI on whatever you spend. It's low cost, it's low risk. You can get productivity boosts of 20 to 30 percent in 90 days. Um, and it's really not that uh, shocking once you can get in and explain things to everybody. And that's the challenge is they have to be open to listening to that. But before they can be open, they have to know it's possible. And so that's where that's where the uh, the education and, you know, marketing, as you will, being able to let people know, hey, this is possible. Let's have a conversation. So we have our audience listening to us, and uh, presumably there's a lot of manufacturers out there. Um, And my question to you is, what percentage of the people that you go to to talk about what it is that you're going to uh, do for them, what percentage of them are saying, well, you know, we have some room for improvement, but uh, I, I don't think that you really can generate 30, 40% improvement. What percentage of those people that you're talking to actually do have that kind of growth potential facing them once you're done bringing them up to speed? Great, great question. Uh, There's two sides to that. First of all, they all have that potential. They all have the potential to get better. It's just a question of how much do you want to spend, what your return is, and and how much change do you actually want to go through? We generally don't get into conversations with people where that question comes up because they have reached such a pain point that if their objection is what you just stated, we're not even talking to them yet. Because those people who don't feel they need to change will not pick up the phone. They will not invite you. You'll not get even into that conversation. So we have lost more deals to no deal. Like Mm -hmm. they didn't buy from us, they didn't buy from anybody because they just weren't ready. And that's, you know, that's the challenge is trying to reach out to companies and to have you be on the forefront of their list when that crisis moment or crisis action comes. And it really does take a crisis. For a lot of manufacturers, you know, I think I I shared with you the story 
uh, of, uh, you know, there was a company that uh, was doing pretty much all the leather seating for John Deere. And they had a huge problem with that machine. Uh, they had worked with them for 20, 30 years. And John Deere said, listen, we don't want to do this, but we have to actually take you out for bid and get multiple suppliers. You can't be the only people who have uh, supplied us with this particular product. And it's that type of crisis that needs to happen. And even if it does happen, that doesn't guarantee that the phone's going to ring and they're going to be like, get in here, we need help. But you do need those types of things I think one of the biggest things that helps us is uh, the prospect, the looming prospect of future growth. They get a big customer. The sales department is doing a great initiative and they know they're gonna get an influx of business, but they have no idea where they're at from a capacity planning standpoint, whether they can meet the need or not. And they're like, yeah, I think we need to talk to somebody before we have a huge capital expenditure and we start spending millions on new machinery that we might not meet, not need. Uh, that sort of thing. So we, SPC, are really, really, really dependent on, you know, where they're at uh, in their, uh, call it the pain cycle. I have a, a great personal story that uh, Tim and I have gone through, and that was, uh, uh, which I think demonstrates your point, that you have to have the catastrophe, the crisis, or the pain before you wake up to the truth that you need to do this, you need to go change. And that was, in the, we're in the New York, New Jersey area, and we got hit with the Hurricane Sandy. And um, our facility uh, is in a location that we're surrounded on three sides by a river, the, the Passaic River. Mm -hmm. and. When we got hit with the storm, the National Guard came in, they shut us down, we were closed for five days. And so, oh my God, what are we gonna do? We were closed for five days. When that was all over with, I said, you know what? We're not gonna do this ever again. We gotta be prepared to deal with this kind of crisis where we're shut down. There's, what, what's worse than a manufacturing company having to shut down? Yeah. So we brought in a company such as yourself, who said, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to have a business continuity plan in place. And it took nine or 10 months for that to happen. And we got everything in manuals. And we, you know, if a crisis happened, we go to page one and we start doing all the stuff we need to do to be able to function. Well, things went on and on and on. We never, we did put the system in place. We never had to use it until March 20th, 2020, when Governor Murphy shut down New Jersey because of COVID. Wow. But fortunately, we had a system in place that we never used. We spent a lot of money to build it. We never had to use it. And on March 21, we were operational, everybody, who need who could be home operating the business, accounting, uh, uh, our QA, our uh, production management, and so on was operating from home the next day as if nothing had happened, yeah, and it, it worked well. And this is the kind of thing that your kind of clients have to. And you said it before; they have to have a crisis. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... 
that's kind of uh, the way it goes. Um, and one of the things just kind of excellent story, by the way, Lou, and that kind of dovetails into some thoughts I had. And that is think about how your manufacturing business at that time would have been able to recover after Hurricane Sandy if you knew you were running at 50% capacity. How quickly could you have caught up on the schedule? How quickly could you could have filled the warehouse with inventory and been able to catch up because you know where you're at from a capacity planning standpoint. And that's really one of the, you know, big benefits of what our system brings to people is that they know where they're at. They know if they can turn it up. They know if they need to actually run a third shift for a while or not. And, uh, you know, warehouse space becomes more of a problem when you can produce it and you need a place to store it. I mean, nothing lo nobody loves it more than when a customer calls and says, we need X. And you're like, great, we got it in stock. We'll ship it today. Rather than, okay, let me get you on the schedule. Let me see when it can be produced. And we'll get back to you with a shipping date. And Vince, these are, what's that, Tim? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Vince, I was going to ask you, how much of what you do empowers the frontline hands-on worker to either solve or collaborate on issues that arise? Uh, 100% of what we do starts from the frontline and works backwards. Because nobody knows more than the frontline people what the problems are. They live with them day in and day out. And they don't necessarily feel that they have a voice. And what our system gives them is it gives them that voice. It's, it's not them saying, hey, here's the problem. It's them simply documented and entering into the system. These are the issues that I'm dealing with day in and day out. And then through daily, weekly, monthly meetings, that data kind of pans out and the answer shows for itself. And so they don't really have to be the ones to speak up because the data speaks for them, but because they know that the data came from them, they take ownership of it and they realize that it's the voice and it's a voice that they maybe have never had. And that's very exciting, very exciting to watch. Yeah, it clearly would be. Now, before we get too far along here, I wanna have you share with our viewers and listeners how they can get in touch with you. What is your website? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with us is through our website. It's www.3dspc.com. So that's www.3dspc.com. And all the information is on there. And we've got testimonials and videos and information that really should uh, be able to explain uh, the scope and the breadth of everything we do. And then if you're interested, there's links there to send an email or call us or, uh, you know, maybe you want to just, uh, you know, fill out one of our evaluation forms and, you know, we'll get back to you on that. But that's really the best way to get a hold of us. Vince, I'm assuming that when somebody comes to visit your website, maybe fills out an evaluation form or reaches out to you by phone or email, you're really in a, uh, a brand new phase, a brand new relationship with a client company and you're evaluating each other. So it doesn't cost them anything to have a conversation with you to begin to solve their problems. It's unfortunate to wait for the crisis to take action, uh, but that tends to be when you're 
forced because of circumstances, you got to make the call. Uh, is there a way that they are going to be more proactive? You know, if you find that answer, call me because that's <laughs> what we're looking for. What, what our experience has been with manufacturers is that people that can help fall into two categories, distinct categories. One are consultants and two are software companies. The consultants fall into the category of, great, you're going to help us, but then when you leave, productivity is going to drop or whatever you, or we're going to get a report from you that never gets implemented or you never leave. You're always there building us hours and, and, you know, when's this guy going to leave? You know, he's always there. <laughs> the software people will come in and the biggest pushback is change. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to change another software package, another situation where we're going to have to meld our operations uh, to whatever the software allows. And that's where we come into play because we're proficient at both. We meld those two. Uh, our technology starts out uh, with a pretty basic shell. I, I think I was talking to Lou. Uh, our, primarily our primary philosophy on productivity is world-class manufacturing, but we do bring in uh, other aspects of that depending on the manufacturer. And we have the ability to mold our software to do what they needed to do to accomplish what they want to accomplish, even going so far as you know inventing words. Uh, you know, we have a customer we recently installed in a in a plant in Las Vegas, and we came up with a term called Tmax SEF. Tmax SEF stands for what is your theoretical maximum that this line can produce with this product, depending on whether the surge tank is full or empty. So they have a blending line and then they have a surge tank and then they have a packaging line and they're all tied together. And depending on whether that surge tank is full or empty uh, will affect one side or other side of the organization. And so they, they invented that term. And they said, this is what's happening. This is what we wanna do. Can you put the formulas and the calculations and all of the uh, technology and change all the forms and the reports to basically give us this number, which is very important to us? And we said, absolutely. And that's what we do. We help technology speak the language of manufacturing. Once the manufacturer understands that they need to speak a common language and everybody can agree on what that common language is. That's where the consulting piece comes in. So we'll come in on the front end and have those meetings and those conversations and discuss theoretically what our software can do and what our technology can do. And then we make the technology work for them on that front. And, you know, the, the success at that point is, is almost guaranteed because they feel that it's, they are a part of the system. It's now not the system, it's their system. I'd like to leave our audience with um, two takeaways from today's show. And that is one, that you may not necessarily be operating at the optimum that you could be, even though you think you are. And number two, is that you may only be one day away from your next crisis. Very good. 
I would agree, Lou. And Vince, I want to thank you for joining us, talking about your company and what you do. And we will have in our website a link to your company. And we have uh, encourage everyone to come to uh, mftalkradio.com to catch this show and all the other 400 plus ones we've produced. Thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you, Vince. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you. Let us know when you come up with something new added on to your whole story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I will definitely keep you guys in the loop with uh, all of the breakthroughs that we continue to have uh, with customers, because I think it's important to, you know, help build a community of people that are helping each other, uh, you know, share this information. And you you guys are doing a fantastic job doing it. Thank you very much. I'll pay you later for that. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, folks. Thanks for joining us today for sitting here with Vince and learning what you don't know. Take care. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.